And when the crowd of people, that's the people that Jesus had just fed miraculously by the little gift of five loaves and two fish, when that crowd of people found him on the other side of the Sea of Galilee, they said to him, Rabbi, when did you get here? He answered and said to them, I am telling you the truth. You are seeking me, not because you saw the signs, because you ate the bread and had your bellies filled. Don't work for the food that spoils. Work for the food that endures to eternal life that the Son of Man will give to you, because on Him God the Father has set His seal of approval. They said to Him, What must we do? What works must we do to do the works of God? He answered, The work of God is this, trusting in the one that he has sent. They asked him, well, what sign will you give us that we may see and put our trust in you? What will you do? Our fathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread, bread from heaven to eat. Jesus answered, I am telling you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread from heaven. It is my Father who gives you the true bread from heaven because the bread of God is the one that comes down from heaven and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always from now on. And Jesus declared, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever trusts in me will never be thirsty. I have told you this. You have seen it, but still you do not trust. All who the Father gives to me will come to me. And everyone who comes to me, I will never drive away. Everyone who comes to me, I will never drive away. All who come to me, I will never drive away. You see, I've come down from heaven not to do my will, but the will of the one who sent me. And this is the will of him who sent me, that I lose none of all that he has given me, but I will raise them up on the last day. This is my Father's will, that everyone... Everyone who looks to the Son and trusts in Him has eternal life. And I will raise them up on the last day. This is the gospel of the Lord. Praise to you, O Christ. Man does not live by bread alone. I was thinking to myself, I know I had heard that somewhere. So I I searched my thoughts, my recollections, experiences, trying to think about all the places that I've heard this applied and all the people who've said it, trying to remember where it came from. I did a search. did a search on the Internet. And here's some of the things I found. I found this one. Man cannot live by bread alone, by anonymous... Anonymous. You know, that's how it goes with sayings like this. We say them so often that we forget who said them. They're just like a part of our lives. So I searched some more. I found this one. Man shall not live by bread alone. By Matthew McConaughey. I knew there was a reason I liked that guy so much. Not only is he good looking, but well-spoken as well. 
Man shall not live by bread alone. Matthew McConaughey. That's the source. I kept searching, though. I found this one. An advertisement McDonald's put out in 1974 when Matthew McConaughey was only five years old. Man does not live by bread alone. McDonald's quarter pounder, the sandwich where the meat really takes over. I was wondering, is this the one that spurred the uh, where's the beef smear campaign by Wendy's? It would be a research project for another day. But McDonald's was not the first to use man does not live by bread alone in advertising. Who remembers Little Miss Sunbeam? You remember Little Miss Sunbeam? Remember? Maybe. Yeah. Sunbeam bakers have been using this as an advertising slogan for decades. The more I looked, the more I saw how this phrase, not by bread alone, is ingrained. Ingrained. In our cultural consciousness, it's like we, we don't even know where it's come from. Does anyone know where, I wondered, where it comes from? You know, even though Sunbeam bakers have been using this phrase, not by bread alone, as a slogan for years, more recently it has become an icon of expressing religious faith. People saw these billboards uh, and, and they, they were encouraged. See, you know, religious people in, in this climate sometimes feel threatened, sometimes feel attacked by liberal media, pressured to keep quiet about our beliefs. And these people started noticing these billboards. And maybe it was deliberate that Sunbeam came out with this. Billboards all over the place. People took pictures of these, these billboards appearing everywhere of, of little Miss Sunbeam reverently fold, folded hands, piously praying her bedtime prayers with the phrase, not by bread alone, etched in the nighttime sky. And they were encouraged and they took pictures and they uploaded them to the internet and they... they tweeted them and they posted them and they blogged about them because it it meant that a company was standing up and expressing its faith in such a bold and public way, freely exercising their right to religion. Support religious liberty. Go buy some bread. Now, Sunbeam's reverent, more religious use of the phrase, not by bread alone, is contrasted to another way that this phrase gets used in contemporary culture, uh, an irreverent way, uh, an irreligious way. For example, I found this one. Man does not live by bread alone. You must also have peanut butter and jelly. Or there's this one. Man does not live by bread alone. He also needs a credit card. Or, or this one. Man shall not live by bread alone. He needs donuts, muffins, and cakes as well. So this use of not by bread alone reflects not only how good Americans are at making everything into a joke, but also I think it reflects a deeper suspicion that you and I, come on, when it really comes down to it, we're all just motivated by our stomachs. See, this isn't, this isn't a new suspicion. 
This isn't new to our secular age. People have long accused other people of just being motivated by their bellies. Juvenal, the Roman poet, he said that the masses crave two things. What are they, Rod? Bread and circuses. circuses. The masses crave only two things, said Juvenal 2,000 years ago. Give them bread and circuses and they will never revolt. The Greek philosopher Dio Christosom said that, I quote, Politicians placate the masses by throwing them bread and tickets to the hippodrome, to the horse races, because they have no interest in anything else. Man does not live by bread alone. He also needs the saloon. So these satirical, irreverent uses of the phrase, not by bread alone, really amount to saying the opposite. People are just ruled by their bellies, by their uh, taste buds, by their libidos. That's all we are. We're just driven by primal, animal, bodily urges. And yet, there's still this proverb that hangs around. Even if we don't know where it came from, we know what it means. What it means is that amid the arousing aroma of fresh fresh baked bread, there's something deeper about being a human being. There's something spiritual about being a human being. Everybody can recognize it. You don't need to be a Christian to recognize this. And to ignore this aspect of being human is dangerous and possibly fatal. Here's how English sculptor Eric Gill said it. Science is analytical, descriptive, informative. Man does not live by bread alone, but by science he attempts to do so. Hence the deadliness of all that is purely scientific. Now I think we should hear him put the emphasis on the word purely. Purely. This is not a criticism against science as a discipline of one way that human beings learn. Uh, Faithful Christ followers can practice science and help their neighbor and and, and cultivate lifelong learning. All this is trying to say is that you you cannot do that alone. You cannot live by science alone. You cannot live by bread alone. There's something about being human that you cannot analyze with a, a spectrometer, something about being human that you cannot weigh on a scale. There's something more to being a human being. Man does not live by bread alone. It's understandable that when those, those little miss praying, not by bread alone, Advertisements came out recently that religious people were stoked. Really. They posted pictures of their bread on Facebook, Twitter. They said, look at this. This company is standing up for religious liberty. They're telling the truth about what it means to be human. Support religious speech. Buy some bread. And then they were shocked when a month later... Little Miss Sunbeam wasn't praying anymore. 
apparently, pressures from liberal media and secular culture had gotten so high that the company retracted and, and no longer showed Little Miss Sunbeam praying. Another loss in the battle for religious liberty? More signs that the liberals are taking over the country? Well, it turns out there wasn't a, a conspiracy. Sunbeam uses seasonal advertising. <laughs> they got a little Miss Sunbeam for every month of the year. They've got, they got holiday Miss Sunbeam. They got Fourth of July Miss Sunbeam. They got Thanksgiving Miss Sunbeam. They got, you know, they got a Sunbeam girl for every month of the year. And it's been going on for decades. And so don't worry, little Miss Praying Sunbeam will come back every Thanksgiving. At least in places where this can still sell bread. Not by bread alone. Can anyone tell me from whence this saying came? What does it mean? Well, here's what it means at a minimum. At a minimum. It means that even though we, the great masses of humanity, can be moved by bread and circuses, it means that even though I will sit through almost anything if you promise me a free lunch, it means that even though you, you cannot reach what. Abraham Maslow on his hierarchy of needs calls self-actualization or, or the full creative potential unless you get your daily bread, your daily physical needs. Even though all that is true, it's not the whole truth. It's not the whole truth. We've got deeper needs. We've got needs that three square meals a day won't satisfy. We're hungry. We have greater purposes that can't be fed with bread. You cannot live by bread alone. This is not saying that you can live without bread. You need, you need daily bread. I think sometimes Christians can misapply this saying as an excuse, as a way of overlooking real physical needs, needs of our neighbors our own needs, trying to live without limits, live as though we were gods. No, we've got real physical needs. That's not what not by bread alone means. You need, you need bread, you need daily bread, gluten-free, whatever, you need it. Uh, don't, don't be like the people that, that James, the, the brother of Jesus, chided. Remember how he chided them? He said, if a brother or sister is poorly clothed and lacking daily food, and one of you says to them, go. In peace, be warmed and filled. Without giving them the things needed for the body, what good is that? So also, faith by itself, if it does not have works, it's not faith, it's dead. Jesus taught us to pray for daily bread. We need it. Our neighbors need it. We need to see to it. But not to that alone. You can't go on being a living human being without food. But there's more to being human than food. You can't live by bread alone. Mahatma Gandhi, the nonviolent 
revolutionary known as the father of the nation of India, Mahatma Gandhi, once said, man does not live by bread alone. He prefers self-respect to food. Do you know that during India's freedom movement from 1918 to 1948, uh, Gandhi undertook 17 extended fasts? Sometimes two, three days, sometimes going without food for 21 days as a protest of some injustice that, that was going on in his country. Gandhi and all the, the wise sages of the ages remind us that there's more to being human than food. What is it? Self respect? self-actualization, self-fulfillment, whatever it is, there are signs that will show in your life if you're not getting it. Signs of malnourishment. Uh, Just like there's physical signs of problems with your diet, so uh, fatigue is a sign that you might have an iron deficiency. Brittle hair. If your hair breaks, is brittle, it might be a sign that you're not getting enough fatty acids and protein in your diet. If you have cracks on the corner of your mouth constantly, it might be that you're not getting enough riboflavin in your diet. There are physical signs to physical malnourishment. So also there are signs of this deeper malnourishment, a a relational malnourishment, an emotional malnourishment, a spiritual malnourishment. Here are ten signs that you might be suffering the side effects of this malnourishment. Number one, do you find yourself blaming people or circumstances for your problems? Number two, do you find yourself suppressing your feelings or being driven by your feelings? Number three, do you find yourself worrying about the future or not caring about the future? Number four, do you find yourself saying one thing to people's faces and another thing behind their back? Number five, do you give people the silent treatment? Number six, do you deal with conflict primarily through sarcasm or avoidance? Number seven, do you devote energy to winning the approval of others? Number eight, do you criticize others' faults while overlooking your own? Number nine, do you find yourself acting as if things will not work right unless you are the one who does them? Number ten, has it become more important for you to do good for God rather than just being with God? Anybody suffer from these signs of uh, malnourishment? People came to Jesus and they were hungry. Oh, they were hungry. They just had their bellies filled, but they were still hungry. And Jesus warned them, don't work for the food that spoils. Work for the food that endures to eternal life. And they asked him, well, what works must we do 
to do the work of God. And Jesus answered, this is the work of God. Trusting. Trusting in the one that he has sent. And they said to him, well, what sign will you give us so that we may see it and put our trust in you? What will you do? Our forefathers ate manna in the wilderness. As it is written, he gave them bread from heaven to eat. Jesus said to them, I'm telling you the truth. It is not Moses who has given you the bread of heaven. It is my Father who gives you the true bread because the bread of God is the one who comes down and gives life to the world. They said to him, Sir, give us this bread always. And he said, I am the bread of life. Whoever comes to me will never be hungry. Whoever trusts in me will never be thirsty. He didn't give them self-respect. He didn't give them self-actualization. He didn't offer them self-fulfillment. He offered them himself. He offers you himself. Spend some time with him. Well, how do we do this, pastor? I'm glad you asked. Look at the back of your bulletin. Now, I know that there are some of you who see at-home devotion on the back of your bulletin and you think, yes, another opportunity to do at-home devotions. And there are others of you who say, ah, it's not for me. I don't do, I'm not the kind of person who does devotions. That's for other people. But just give it a chance. Give, give it a chance. If, you know, this will take you like 10 minutes a day. So let's say you do it six days this week. One hour, worst case scenario, you just lose an hour of your life. You just waste an hour of your time. Worst case scenario. It's not going to hurt. Best case, you might fill your hungry soul. So most of it's the same as the top, the top five. That's the one I do every time. But there's a little bit different now. Uh, look at number three at the top. Speak aloud, John 6. It's in the bulletin. You got it. Take your bulletin home. Now, here's what I want you to do after you speak it. Review the last 24 hours of your life using the examine method below. This is inspired from Ignatian spirituality and, and a book I read here at the bottom I cited, Peter Schizero, Emotionally Healthy Spirituality. Anyways, let's look at this examine. There are five R's there. Recall, remember, replay, review, return. It's like the riboflavin of the Holy Spirit. So let's read these together, one through five, just the first sentence. Number one, recall that Jesus is with you. Read it with me. Number two, remember your prior day with gratitude. Number three, replay the day. Number four, review key moments. Number five, return to God's grace. Let's focus on number three for a minute. So what you're doing in number three is imagine that you're sitting with Jesus and you're watching a video recording of the last 24 hours of your life. Now, I don't want you to sit there for 24 hours. Watch it on fast forward. Watch it on fast forward. Take about, you know, three, three to five minutes. But here's what you do. You let Jesus push pause. Let him push pause wherever he wants to, wherever your mind stops on whatever happened in the last 24 hours of your day. And talk to him about it. Talk to Jesus about it. What do you need from him? What, do you need wisdom to make a decision? Do you need encouragement? Do you need the comfort of his presence, you need forgiveness. What do you need? Just talk to him about it. Just rest in his presence. You need this. I need this. 
Man does not live by bread alone. Jesus said that. 